0: Don't start a podcast create a money making show oh if you think you got the mindset and skill set and three two one go. call in all entrepreneurs if you want to make more money build your network and elevate your status If making money from your show is one of your goals let's him have way teach you how to make
1: it happen let's go all right everybody welcome welcome to the money making show I'm your host Tim Holloway And uh, man, I got a special guest uh, with a topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart. It is about being an author, about writing books, and uh, really uh, using radio shows and podcasts to increase uh, your brand awareness and stuff like that. So none other than uh, one of my uh, favorite persons on Facebook that I've been stalking for a cool minute. (laughs) Uh, Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hey everyone, thank you for being here, Tim. Thank you for having me on your program. It's an honor and a privilege. I help people write their books, like you mentioned. I publish a digital monthly magazine called Ultimate Achievers Magazine. And my radio show, which runs every week on Mondays at 6 Eastern is called Success Profiles Radio. I've been doing that for about 11 and a half years now, over 500 episodes, and you can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I started, after college, I started as a teacher. So I taught in a two-year business college. I taught public speaking, English composition, and business math. And you might wonder, what do those have in common? They're all required courses. I was really good in math. In fact, that was my first major in college. I also have always been a really good writer, and I fancied that I might be a professional writer at some point. And sure enough, here I am. I thought about being a teacher at some point, and I got to do that too. And so now I get to marry all of that into what I do now and I'm really happy and grateful for it. I grew up in Iowa and it's where I am now. Spent 26 years in Phoenix and I'm just happy and grateful for my journey. And I know that I'm not gonna take any part of my journey for granted because whatever season you're in, it will not last forever, whether it's good or bad, something will change and you will just grow and evolve.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. I just wanted to uh, thank uh, Barry for joining us. Uh, Barry, as you're uh, sitting there on the outside, we'll we'll invite you in in a second, but be thinking about a question when it comes to like authorship and books, and that's what we're going to dive into today. So Brad, my first question, Are what are some of the common challenges uh, aspiring writers face and how can they overcome them? So I'm sure there is a lot of challenges. Let us in on that uh, perspective, brother.
2: Absolutely. I can probably summarize that with three things probably the most common of the three things that a lot of people think that what they have to say, isn't valuable. They ask, "Will will anyone actually read this? And the answer will be yes. My short answer at first is that your friends and family will buy this by default. The idea is to get the other 8 billion people in the world who don't know you to want to read your book. And so how does that happen? It's it comes through picking a, a compelling topic. That's relatable. You know, you think about movies, for example, what kinds of movies succeed? Love stories always do really well. Action stories always do really well. Superhero stories, if it's done right, they'll do really well. Or if it's associated with some kind of a theme that we are all familiar with. And so in terms of a book, we all have a journey. A lot of my authors are entrepreneurs. And so they want to get their message out about how they overcame their stuff while building a business. Some of my authors use their books to leverage their brand or their business somehow. So a couple people in particular that I'm thinking about, we did a list of core values or traits that they accessed to become really successful. And then we told stories behind those things. So it's not just about telling your story. It's about structuring your book with ideas and then using your stories as support. Your stories aren't the main thing. It's the ideas that you're supporting those stories for. Number one is why would someone want to read my book? And I right. assure you that somebody will want to read your book. It's just a matter of positioning it correctly. Number two is do I have time? I've wanted to do this forever. I can't seem to find the time. I would say that if it's really important to you, you will find the time somewhere, somehow, some way. But I'm busy. I have a family. I have a full-time job. Awesome. Awesome get up 30 minutes earlier, write a couple pages, stay up later after everyone's gone to bed, or just get away from the house for, you know, 30 or 45 minutes, even if it's going to a coffee shop and then just doing some writing. If you write a page or two a day, you will eventually finish. If you do nothing, time's gonna pass whether you do anything or not, so write. So finding time, is something that people are are a little weary of. And if they absolutely cannot find time, they hire someone like me to do it for them. So that way they're right, right. doing the thing that they're brilliant at. So then I can do the thing that I'm good at. And we meet after I've made some yeah. progress.
1: And then the That's... third
2: thing is I don't think I'm a good enough writer. Robert Kiyosaki has always joked about how he's a best-selling author, not a best writing author. So you can hire help to help you with the writing part or You can come up with your outline, just start talking into a recorded line and then hire an editor to piece it together. Provided that you're not just giving them a heap of something that makes no sense. You would hire someone like me to help you do that. And it might involve starting over if it's really horrible. But the three things, I don't know if anyone will read what I'm doing. I don't have time. I'm not a good writer. But those are the three things that Usually, people will struggle with in terms of how 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 do I even get going. And it's really awesome when I have those conversations with people because I can help them through
1: some of those things. most of the the uh, problems and the objections that uh, you were facing. Um, same thing I face with with people starting a podcast, you know, it's yeah. like you know, the timing thing, and will people actually listen to my show? Like these are really, really valid. Uh, points, but they're limiting beliefs. Uh, they are need to be smashed, right, to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let me get uh, Barry on real quick. Uh, what's <laughs> up, Barry? How are you doing today? I'm doing
0: well. Good. How
1: are you Good. all? Doing great. Yeah, yeah. So we're having a, a conversation about uh, you know starting that book. I've ri- written a couple of myself. I got two, two in the works that are just kind of evolving. I got ten chapters in one, and so. Anyways, Barry, uh, what do you think about authorship, and do you have a question in regards to that?
0: It's actually always been one of my interests. I've actually always thought about writing something. I just haven't found the correct topic yet. Mm. Um, And we're talking, you know, I'm now in my 40s, 44, and it's something that I've always been interested in. Mm -hmm. I actually went to school, and my bachelor's degree is in English literature Mm -hmm. uh, because books interested me. And yeah. it was a challenge for me in primary school and then high school to do it and mm-hmm. then something just clicked and it became a passion of mine. And mm-hmm. I actually started out in my thirties writing. I did uh copywriting mm-hmm. and I was writing a lot of internet marketing material and then got into technical writing, mm-hmm. but haven't actually got into, into um book writing yet.
2: Yeah. One thing that I recommend to people who really don't know what they want to write about, I'll ask them, first of all, what do you want your book to do for you when it's done? Are you using to promote your brand or your business somehow, or you're just telling your story for posterity, but your reason for writing the book will probably to some degree drive your topic and your approach.
1: That's a good one. I, uh, yeah, my first, uh, book, I think was written for myself. I, uh, I did uh, you know, from a Christian man's perspective, overcoming mm-hmm. like legalism and stuff and uh, like living in God's love and stuff. And I went into the trials of a century <laughs> and yeah. I swear, like going back and reading that book was like, oh, yeah, I had to let all those truths that I talk about mm-hmm. sink, sink in. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Attaching the the why and the significance, like super important. Mm-hmm. So what's some, what's some strategies for, like, effectively uh, kind of mapping this out in your brain and and, and kind of structuring uh, your manuscript? Obviously, you, you'd start at Y, but where would you go from there?
2: Yeah. Once you figure out what you want your book to do and what you want the end result of that book to be, for example, are you steering them toward attending an event? Are you steering them toward joining your coaching program? Are you steering them toward help, hiring you to speak? You can structure your book and, and think thread people through the needle to get to that end. Let's just say, for example, that you are a real estate agent and you work with buyers, you work with buyers all the time, but the person you're working with may be buying their house for the first time. So they will have all kinds of rookie questions. I don't know what I'm doing kinds of questions, assemble a list of the questions that people ask you all the time. And that structure will be the basis for chapters in your book and then you can come up with stories about how you answered those questions for people via certain you know clients that you worked with or the types of clients that you worked with if you don't want to name names things that went well things that went wrong you can illustrate a lot through the use of stories but having an underlying structure first is really important so i I think my favorite way of doing it is what are the kinds of questions that people ask you all the time another way of doing it is i did my first book on leadership And I asked myself what makes an excellent leader. And I wanted to come up with 21 different things that made for an excellent leader. I came up with 30. As I started writing, I realized that those 30 topics really meshed into 21 because some of them were really, really similar. I couldn't separate them out. So ask yourself questions that force you to come up with a list and
1: that's your structure. That's good, brother. That's good. As far as, um, communication style and stuff is there a way to pull them stories out I'm sure you help people walk through that I don't want to take too much of your secret sauce but uh uh formatting a chapter like this is a lot of struggle for people yeah just like when I talk to people about formatting their episode for their podcast like getting it structured and laid Mm -hmm. out have you known like do's and don'ts with that I would
2: say don't ramble because that will leave people to wondering what are you talking about what are you doing where this where is this going and a confused reader will stop reading yeah so i would start it's like when you're writing a paper it's in school basically you start with your main idea and then you build the ideas that support that main idea and you use stories along the way let's just say that i'm writing a chapter about how about an, about entrepreneurship and i'm talking about how to print money and demand in your business well, I wrote a ma- an article about that a chapter and I repurposed that into a magazine article that, that I published and I learned that there were five things that you needed to have in place in order to make that happen. So I talked about those five things and I talked about stories relating to those five things. You can fill out a nice thousand to 1500 word chapter doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're tapping into what I recommend for a podcast episode and that is um, define your why, set mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. Like to ha- to hit a target, you have to sharpen the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get the point right, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then from there, uh, mapping out the the stories and the direction to the destination of the one point. Because man, I don't know how many things are communicated in so many different points that it's just like you yeah. lost them. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't clearly identify your point. You let them on this 10 something, something to something and, and, um, they lost you a couple points ago. (laughs) Right. Right. So the
2: logic has to flow very freely and it it has to be, you have to be able to follow it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as, uh, you, you know, you do a radio show and, uh, you obviously, uh, go on podcasts. Like I seen you on a, a podcast recently, which made me go. Ah, I remember that guy. He's talked about books and so I want to get him on. So I uh, reached out to you because of a mutual network and seeing you on another podcast. So there's major, major benefit to going on shows. This is a show about making money with your show. But uh, so how does your radio and your podcast touring connect with your mission?
2: When I started my show, I didn't really have a business yet. It was a dream of mine to have a radio show. And I just wanted to interview the people that I looked up to and followed so I could learn from them for an hour. It's like getting free coaching for an hour. (laughs) So that was my goal. And I interviewed a lot of people along the way. I mean, like I said, I have had over 500 episodes. Some of those people have been on my show more than once. And then as time went on, I realized, you know, I could repurpose some of this content. So I started a magazine. And the feature article is always someone that I've already had on my show. And then I invited other people to contribute articles and it's a paid subscription. So it's a nice little source of income for me there. And I also repurpose some of my interviews into collaborative books. In fact, a couple of my books are called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. There's volume one, there's volume two. And so those are edited versions of really great interviews with people that I've talked to. Darren Hardy, Jack Canfield, Tom Ziegler, Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, a lot of really amazing people have been on my show over the years. And there's always more people that, that I want to interview. There are other people on my wish list that I haven't gotten to talk to yet. I'm reaching quite a bit higher now than I was before in terms of my dream. But yeah. I've gotten to interview some really, really cool people. Yeah, and not all of them are well-known. Just because someone's not well-known doesn't mean they aren't amazing. And I think that's fallacy yeah. that people fall into too. It's like I only want to interview really like A-level people. Well, first of all, they aren't all going to have time, and they're only going to want to do media when they have something to promote. You think about the Tonight Show; you only see Tom Cruise on the late-night talk show circuit when he's got a new movie coming out. You only see, you know, Elton John when he's promoting his new album. Those are examples. Yeah. There are yeah. some people in the business personal space personal development space who are like that too. They only really do a lot of media when they are actually promoting something. They don't do it just because. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: totally get that. Mm -hmm. Put all that together. You, you make a living off of, you're obviously an entrepreneur. So you're very similar to me. I work from home. Mm -hmm. So you're able to make multiple streams of income from these different avenues. So Mm -hmm. from your book sales, obviously from collaborations with others from helping other people write books from Mm -hmm. your radio show magazine so i mean you're just Mm -hmm. and they all synergize
2: i'm not trying to start businesses in a bunch of different unrelated industries everything i'm doing synergizes upon itself Yeah,
1: yeah i love that that's what this show is about is you know how to uh how to make money from your show, but, uh, right. to, you know, really get into the entrepreneurship journey mm-hmm. and stuff. So somebody stepping out, beginning this journey, because inside of the networks that we're in, you get a lot of people like newbies and they're just starting out. Um, and in that coursework there, you talk about a podcast, you got to do your podcast, you talk about your book, mm-hmm. you know, um, where, where should somebody start out in that journey?
2: I think it depends on your skill set and what you actually want to do. I started with a radio show because I've, I've gotten pretty good at interviewing people and I've been told forever that I have a voice for radio. So that was a really natural place to start. And once I got going, these other things just started happening. I had the idea to do a magazine. I had the idea to help people start writing books because like I mentioned before, I taught English composition. And public speaking in college, so I mean, English Comp One, English Comp Two. You're teaching people how to structure their ideas. So why can't I do that with clients? In fact, my first client was actually a coaching client and not a client that I wrote that I wrote for. But you know what's really interesting? Sometimes you have to be willing to do your first one for free just to get social proof. And yeah. my very first client was someone who I coached through writing his book. And he gave me a brilliant testimonial afterwards. And so, if anyone asked for samples of my work, at least I had a testimonial to go with. Yeah. I was really hoping and praying that no one would want to see samples of my work first. <laughs> and it turned out that no one asked first. And so, later they started asking once I had a portfolio. Yeah. I'm really glad that God held that off for me until I had a portfolio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, had very similar. It's, uh, you know, getting the, getting the skills down. I I did do music. Um, so I had a couple albums out there so I could say, you know, I'm an audio engineer sort of thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, I had to do, uh, some freebies and, and get, so you're not faking until you make it. You actually got, uh, you've actually done what you said and you mm-hmm. can pull it off and build your confidence level and, uh, all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I get where you're coming from. Right. I get it if you lost kind of everything right now, um, what would you do to begin to build back up?
2: If I had my knowledge and my connections and I lost everything else, I would rebuild my business by reaching out to my network of the most influential people and ask them if there's any way they could help me get going again. And what I would do is I would either ask them to hire me to do what I do, or I would ask them for, referrals who pay me to do what I do. And I offer a 20% at this time, I offer a 20% referral. So if yeah. someone, if refers me to a client that I write their book, I will give them 20%. And it's, it's better than nothing because I wouldn't get that client without that person's intro and yeah, help me sell it a little bit first, please. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because that way it's a warm, a warm intro.
1: Yeah. So that's what
2: I would do is I would start business by reaching out to my network of well-connected people and say, Hey, this is what I need. Can you help me? And this is what I will do for you in return. I would ask people to host me on their podcasts. I would start a radio show, a podcast and ask influential people to join me. And that way we could work together. And I'll tell you a little secret. It took me a while to figure this out, but some of my guests have become my clients that's yeah. how I monetize my show.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I did marketing for Dennis Rodman and uh, when he started his show and um, this one guy I reached out to on Instagram, uh, he worked with a lot of sports people and he goes, Hey, Hakeem Valas uh, just came on my show. Like, why don't you like hit him up? So I'm like, okay, well I'll hit him up. So that led to an interview with him. and uh, Then uh, I'm actually, uh, from Hakeem connected with another uh, football guy, which we're going to have on the show here pretty soon. But uh, it just evolved from one person to another. And that's how I ended up marketing for Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, the way that yeah. evolves. But yeah. so and, as part of and, your
2: And like, one magic question you can always ask is who else do you know?
1: And yeah, who else do you else know?
2: That, yeah. Yeah. Who else do you know? And because people aren't necessarily thinking that way, you have to teach people how to help you, right?
1: Yeah. As far as uh, losing everything and tapping into the network, uh, I experienced that firsthand and that's what we did. Uh, we pulled the revenue up really, really quick and and made a massive turnaround. It, and it came from tapping into that network and, and building those relationships and, and uh, giving discount to certain people. Um, there was one guy, uh, we did his podcast for free um, because we told him 33% off each person he refers. Well, within a week he gave us three people. <laughs> so I was like, wow, you know, so yeah, tapping into yeah. that network. Fantastic. So what are you passionate about brother? Uh, Barry, uh, be thinking about a question if you have a final thought, uh, for Brian, but, um, so what, what, what are you passionate about besides authorship? Uh, is there certain, uh, message that, that you have burning inside of you? Like.
2: That's a really good question. I, I just love connecting with people. Okay. You know, I I'm passionate about staying in touch with my close friends, being with my family, I love watching sports. I love listening to music. I love listening to audiobooks because I'm always wanting to learn. In fact, what I'm currently listening to again is the Aladdin factor by Jack Canfield and Mark Fetcher Hansen. It's about the power of asking for what you want which is played everything that we've been talking about. It's yeah. a really amazing read. I have the physical version and I was listening to it for free on YouTube and it's not there anymore. So I just picked it up on audible a couple of weeks ago. It's totally worth it. So I did. Yeah. yeah. That's my current listen, And I just finished Grant Cardone's 10 X mentor. That was a really good book.
1: Barry, what's you thinking? You got any uh, uh, other question that spurred from this conversation?
0: I was just kind of curious. I know we talked about uh, how to get, started, but when it comes to the actual legwork of seeking a public publisher, Mm -hmm. how does one go about doing that? And I've Mm -hmm. heard plenty of stories from budding authors or, you know, established authors about how often their first book proposal or, you know, their manuscript got rejected. Mm -hmm. And how do you, so one, how do you go through the process, that process of finding a publisher and two, how do you deal with the rejection? Because I know a lot of people
2: struggle with that. Join some author groups on Facebook. I have a group called author printer live. You join it for free. Please, please join me. If you're on Facebook author printer live and join my group, I'd be glad to let you in and say that you, you know, watched me on Tim's show. (laughs) One of, one of my books was published by Morgan James and that, connection was made to me through someone that I knew because he also was a Morgan James author. And so he gave me David Hancock's email. He's uh, the president of Morgan James Publishing. I think really, first of all, you have to decide, do you want to go through a publisher or do you want to self-publish? Most people self-publish. It is a lower barrier to entry, which is fine. Your book gets done a lot faster when you self-publish. When you go with a publisher, yes, they have distribution channels and that's the big draw. You can get into Barnes and Noble books a million everywhere but here's the thing when they pre-order you'll get on their bookshelf because they have relationships with buyers but if your book isn't selling the bookstores will 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 send them back and your royalty gets charged back that's the dirty something that no one talks to you about so if your book isn't selling you're going to get charged back on your royalties and so that with morgan james my experience was they hold your royalties for six months or until they exceed a certain amount first because they're not going to send you a royalty check for ten dollars they want the royalties to build to a certain number to justify sending you a check and there were several hundred copies of my book that were pre-ordered and some of them sold and some of them didn't i supported the launch of my book by doing Barnes & Noble Bookstore signings. And I learned how to do that and got decent at it. First of all, you don't just sit at your table and wait for someone to to come talk to you because people go to a bookstore not to see you. They are there for their reasons only. So that's something you have to really evaluate. Find find someone who knows somebody so that a warm introduction can get made. If you're just randomly reaching out to book publishers, you're going to have a hard time getting in. Some people will say, well, hire an agent. Well, that agent has to like your book well enough to sell it because they are making money based on whether they can sell your book or not. If your book's terrible, they won't take you. But literary yeah. agents have an end to a lot of the big name publishers. So it might just be a matter of finding a literary agent who will represent you. And if they say your book isn't isn't sellable, then, then it's not gonna happen that way. But yeah. most people yeah. I know go to Amazon to think about this. If I were to tell you, where can I buy a book, what's the first thing that pops into your head? It's Amazon, right? People don't say Barnes & Noble first anymore. They don't. They're certainly not going to say, I'm going to go to Walmart to buy a book. That's not why you go to Walmart first anyway. I'm going to buy a book at Target. That's not what you go to Target for first. Amazon started as a bookseller and now they sell everything. But Amazon is synonymous with book sales. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with self-publishing. In fact, the stigma behind that is, is gone. If you do it right, you'll be fine. A lot of best-selling books are self-published, and a publisher may get the attention, get your attention. The book, the book will generate attention to the, the publisher, and they may want to talk to you about letting them relaunch your books. So sometimes wow. best-selling books are picked up as self-published books first and they see that you're selling thousands of copies and they're thinking, how can I get a slice of that pie? <laughs> Publishers are looking to make money. That is all they are doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the self-publishing route is uh, cause I got one on Amazon too. It's, it's not that difficult to get on Amazon. Correct? No, it's, it's not. All uh, right. And in fact, I,
2: I source that out to somebody who does that. That's all he does all the time. I don't want to, I, I'm not really techie at all. I don't want to learn how to do that. I don't want to mess with it. If I do it wrong, I I just don't want to have to figure out what I did wrong. I would rather no, yeah. pay someone who does, that's the thing. Delegate that which you should not be doing or don't want to do or don't know how to do. If you charge X number of dollars an hour for your expertise and you can pay someone a lot less than that hourly rate, source it out. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's exactly uh the, where we're at in in our business, uh, Mm -hmm. we're in the, uh, scaling mode to where we're replacing everything. I'm literally, um, doing calls. Like my Mm -hmm. job is to get the leads and to close them, (laughs) you know, and that's, uh, now we're making money instead of uh, bleeding money.
2: Right. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome, brother. Well, man, I thank you for your time and, uh, I appreciate you. Where can the audience, um, connect with you? Obviously, uh, your Facebook group mentioned that again uh, on Facebook. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, just go ahead and tell people where to find you.
2: Authorpreneur Live is my Facebook group. If you want to book a call to talk to me, callwithbrian.com. At the very bottom, it tells you what I do. And then there's some testimonials. And then there's a link to a segment from the list which is a nationally syndicated TV show. And I talked about three things you need to get started writing your book. And so that was like a two and a half minute clip where I was on national TV. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to book to my calendar. And I would love to talk to you anytime.
1: Awesome. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much.
2: Appreciate you too. Thank you for having me here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Enjoy us on the next episode. I'm glad you're able to follow us on the money making show. This is a podcast, how to make money from your show and use uh yeah, radio shows, podcasting to enhance uh, your sales and and uh, your mission. So, appreciate everybody. Have an awesome day.